0: It's here in the city. It's here in the city. This is here in the city. This is
1: here in the
2: city. I'm Sarah Harris. I'm Sarah Harris. New message.
1: Truth should be truth, but then it depends on, in the telling, whose truth is it.
0: We're here most Tuesdays, bringing you radio realities from the urban landscape. And mapping the city with voices of creative social change in and around Los Angeles. On Pacifica Radio, powered by the people. Thanks to the generous support of you, our listeners, the capable crew at KPFK, the innovators of web-based radio at SoundCloud, news you might have missed at newsdesk.org, and the community-funded
1: reporting project, Spot Us. You can find us on the web at Here in the City. That's H-E-A-R in the cityorg
0: Well, it's been a while since Here in the City has been on the air, and we've been working hard on a show that initially we thought would be called The Crazy Cat Lady Show. And so I set out to talk to people who take care of stray cats. And in the process, I figured out that this show is actually about two extraordinary people who are exemplary in that they are among those who go above and beyond the call of duty or what could ever be expected to take care of animals in need, mostly dogs and cats. They are two very different people with two very different backgrounds and trajectories in life, but the reason they do it is that both of them have identified a need. They're stepping into the breach where city government and private pet owners simply aren't able to take care of the animals in our city anymore because of the economic situation. This is Here in the City. I'm Sarah Harris. At midnight, the campus of Los Angeles City College is totally deserted. Well, totally safe for one slight man somewhere in his 60s carrying a cane, and pulling a large black cart behind him. I had the privilege of being able to meet with him and walk. Walk because, basically, that's what he does at midnight.
2: This is the hour when I run into the least amount of opposition. People that come running, oh, Don't feed that cat! Yay! I'm going to kill you. between midnight and 5 in the morning, they're usually asleep or dead drunk.
0: This is John. Well, we we will call him John for the purpose of this radio story, so as not to blow his cover. By day, John is an expert in computer science. But by night, John walks the streets (laughs) of Hollywood alone. Uh,
2: Maintaining the feral cat population. Usually I start off with at least part of a bag of food. It's actually three of them here besides the Cheshire cats. So
0: John knows where all the cats live there. because so he walks. And boy, does he walk. On the ground. I
2: just put it on the wall.
0: And they come?
2: They come whenever they feel like it.
0: How do you know they come?
2: Uh, Because when I come back at five,
0: it's all gone. At five, you come back to this spot where we're at, at midnight? Yep. So you're making a circuit? Yep, it's a complete circuit.
2: From here, I will go to the other side of the campus. There's three cats living in the old what, life science
0: building. The cats that hide in the From trees there, around the I perimeter I'm of the June. college Madison wait for him to plop down a scoop Monica. of food for them, usually and on the sidewalk three, or on a brick wall. the library,
2: one at the Department of Street Lighting, then up to, what is it, Myra.
0: It's a walk.
2: It's about five miles every night.
0: So you're doing something really in the city that most people don't do, which is, I mean, (laughs) walking for pleasure, I imagine. I mean, to some degree, no?
2: Oh, To some degree for pleasure, a chance to get out, and most nights, no problem.
0: And some nights? Yeah.
2: I figure I get mugged three times every year. But all you have with you is... They'll take the (laughs) cart, they'll take the cane, they'll throw the cat food into the street, just...
0: Because there's nothing else? Never carry
2: any money with me.
0: And with that, he was off at a fast clip, up Vermont, bouncing his cart over the fig tree roots that lift up the sidewalk. I
2: hobble faster than most of my students walk.
0: Were you born and raised in Los Angeles?
2: No. Uh, born in Egypt, moved to England for four years, and been here ever since, except for a vacation in Vietnam.
0: That time in Vietnam earned John the limp he supports with his cane as he rolls the kitty chuck wagon north toward the hills stopping along the way to drop kibbles on the sidewalk for cats, who only come out after we've left.
2: Uh, Yeah, feral cat's life is just horrible. I hope that I'm making it a little bit less horrible. At least they don't have to worry about their next meal. They all show up at once, they won't be fighting over it.
0: I bet you do a whole lot of people watching too when you're out here walking around at this hour. Well,
2: out at this hour, you better be watching everybody. Got a three block stretch along here with no cats. It's interesting to see what comes out when they change the acts here.
0: John walks toward Virgil Street and passes a crowd at a famous spot on the LA music scene during his journey.
2: The Little Temple Lounge.
0: Across Virgil, the neighborhood tends to scale up considerably.
2: We're standing right outside Urban Pet, Pet Supplies.
0: What do you think when you look in a place like this and you know people are spending a hundred dollars for one cat that's living in an apartment?
2: That one cat is part of their life. I hope the cat is enjoying it. (laughs) Sometimes wonder what does a cat see inside of a house? Does it see carved wood furniture and upholstered stuff, or is it just, look at all the scratching posts, look at all the places to climb. Do you have cats at home? I'm not allowed to have any pets at all in my apartment, not even goldfish.
0: And in some way, the feline population of Hollywood here are the only pets that John has.
2: All of these people that want to get rid of them, poison all these cats. You have any idea what the city would be like without the cats?
0: You ever been in New York after dark? What kinds of things have you seen walking around at night all these years?
2: I was walking down the alley feeding the cats and saw this thing. At first I thought it was just another drunk curled up. Oh, if he's drunk, he's bleeding quite heavily. When the cops came no, oh, he's been dead for a couple hours.
0: They're all coming out. Yeah. Good.
2: Come out. I know they're still around. Make one stop on Fountain.
0: All the way up to Fountain?
2: All the way up to Fountain. No more cats. Come out prepared just in case there is a dog
0: walking around. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to pull out a can of mace. No.
2: (laughs) That's a milk bone Uh. king size. Good morning. Oh, there you are. Long time I had a pit bull that would pick me up on Madison as I was going toward the library, and she would walk along with me. Never bothered the cats, just happy to have some companionship. And then one day she just disappeared. about LA. The night-blooming jasmine and the hyacinth.
0: What's the most wonderful thing you've seen on your walks at night?
2: Oh, wonderful thing I've seen. Hmm. Can't think of anything. Mm. One night when I was doing it, we had that Pellied, uh meteor shower, and they were mm. all coming across yeah. at once. Like.
0: And you usually do this alone?
2: Pretty much always.
0: As we circle back past the chic urban pet supply store, we notice a quote by the great Mohandas Gandhi painted on one of the walls inside.
2: Oh, the greatness of a nation can be measured by the way its animals are treated.
0: Well, you're contributing to the greatness of this nation, John.
2: (laughs) God, I hope so. I don't really believe it, but I hope so.
0: And with that, John and I part ways. Special thanks to Ronnie Reese, who is also a cat lover, who made our walk with John possible for this show.
3: This is what it is. This is what it's going to be. You are listening to here in the city on KPFK 90.7
1: FM in Los Angeles,
0: 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, and 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. An archive. And a podcast of our shows is at Here in the City. That's H-E-A-R-inthecity.org.
3: And at KPFK.org. You can like us on Facebook if you like. And visit
0: us at our website, hereinthecity.org. And follow us on Twitter. This is Here in the City. I'm Sarah Harris and I am here on Hill. And 31st Street in South Los Angeles just south of downtown on a stretch of auto repair garment packing and this is part of the garment district so the southernmost tip of the garment district but I am actually here to visit the downtown animal hospital and Dr. Taub who as part of a program to provide low-income service and care to pet owners. Hello, hello. Hello. Have you been helped yet? I'm Sarah. Oh, I Sarah, yes.
3: Uh, do it. Okay. Yeah. Do you want a tour? Yeah, sure, I would okay. love a tour. This uh, is the exam room. We've got a patient in there. This dog uh, needs to be spayed and these guys are financially challenged and so they're perfect candidates for the either the voucher program or the Ucky Puppy project. Um, part of what we do with the Ucky Puppy project is we sponsor people uh, who are financially challenged to get their animals fixed And we also try to educate people why it's important to get these animals fixed. Because these guys came in here not even thinking of getting her dog fixed until they talked to me, right? Well, I want her to have puppies so at least once. But I didn't know that you can't do it just like that. You need to have a certain license. Yeah, he told us about the license. If you're going to breed dogs, you have to do it responsibly. You have to be a licensed breeder. And you have to make sure that you keep your paperwork together so you're not crisscrossing cousins, right?
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Didn't
3: yeah, know that we didn't know that either. I just came in and I was like, oh, she's hurt, so I'm going to take her to the vet. And then I have to get, give her shots and I have to do all this kind of stuff I didn't really know about, you know? So it's really good to, you know, be informed and everything.
0: So who are most of your clients that come in through your doors?
3: Mostly people that can't afford the veterinary care. My physical exam fee is only $18.
0: That's interesting because I know that it costs upwards of $50 at most clinics in Los Angeles to just have a, a visit with an assessment of what needs yeah, to be I would done.
3: Not be, I've been here for three years. I built this place three years ago, and I would not be in business if I raised my uh, fees. Mm-hmm. I'll follow you. Yeah. Okay. So this is our treatment room. This is my, the rest of my team, this is Del, Lydell Whitaker. <laughs> All the monitoring equipment and uh, uh, lights and um, uh, dental equipment and anesthesia machine. Any, everything you see here, we, you would see in Beverly Hills. So we, we spared no uh, uh, expense on, on, on quality of medicine we practice. Unfortunately, we do have to take a haircut as far as what we get paid. For what we do, just because of the demographic that we have to deal with, um, we have a lot of abandoned animals. We have a lot of animals that um, are roaming the streets uh, that we've, and some we've taken in. Uh, but you
0: have here that you've taken in animals. Yes.
3: These two puppies are uh, basically a. Uh, abandoned and we took those in we're feeding them now they go to adoption events they're growing fast <laughs> can I say hi yeah sure hello, hello. So
0: yeah you so who um i i've never heard of a, a pet clinic that actually takes rescues i know that as a policy a lot of clinics they simply just they they can't they say they won't yeah
3: we we have bleeding hearts what can i say <laughs> but we are about oh i would say about 15 to yeah. 20,000 monthly in a hole because yeah. of all the all the expenses we incur we don't get money back
0: have you seen a change happen what's this, this happens
3: every day some a gentleman just walked in he said he found a dog and he brought him here i don't know if he's injured i don't know if he's been hit by a car, I don't know anything, but this happens on a daily basis here, in this particular neighborhood, it's so underserved, there aren't veterinarians here, we're the only ones.
0: Where's the nearest shelter?
3: Uh, There are two animal shelters, part of the reason we built in this particular uh, location was to service uh, two animal shelters that no longer want to do business with us, Um, because I ended up on television um, embarrassing a few people. (laughs) Um, basically so you were
0: offering spay and neuter services to the shelters? Yeah, we,
3: we still do. Um, and, and what we don't want to do is euthanize all these healthy animals. So uh, the idealist in me uh, decided to uh, help the city and uh, build a private facility to accommodate the volume of all those animals that needed to be spayed and neutered for the price of the voucher.
0: So this was three years ago that this you realized this was happening was there what what was the, the key moment for you
3: the key moment was uh, when I was a, uh, on Fox 11 news <laughs> uh, I was just propelled on Fox 11 news just because the uh, the television um, producers I guess they, they, they um, I read an article in the Daily News how veterinarians were not getting uh, um, reimbursed for the voucher programs, and um, I uh, was in a position where the city owed me more than forty thousand dollars.
0: So you have funders who, individual funders or institutional funders, who contribute to this?
3: Uh, we we basically tweet and uh, Facebook and beg and and try to get donations out. And
0: how do we find you on Facebook and Downtown Twitter? Downtown Animal
3: Hospital, Facebook, Downtown Animal Hospital, or AkiPuppy.com. AkiPuppy project was started by Annalie Brody. Um, she uh, has been instrumental at keeping this thing going. Um, she tweets out, she does email blasts uh, about these puppies, about other dogs that come in that her account is now in the negative. So uh, You
0: had mentioned also that uh, Ms. Brody... Was inspired to start this nonprofit after the Occupy Los Angeles movement yes. when she realized how many animals were out on the street with homeless people yes. as their pets. Yes.
3: And Anna Lee happens to be a criminal courts prosecutor, <laughs> but um, you know, in in this situation, uh, there really is no judgment passed on anybody.
0: Well, oftentimes, if you are living on the streets, your dog is your protection, also. It's your companion, but. I'll, I mean, if you're sleeping on the streets, it's better to have a dog than not to have a dog.
3: Right. There's a lot of loneliness issues. We do have uh, a pair of kittens that we are treating via the Aki Puppy Project with exactly the same issue. There were two kittens, uh, and it's a homeless man in downtown who's a a veteran and who has... um, mental health issues where he just feels like he, he'll be too lonely without these kittens. And there were a lot of donors who shied away from um, donating to that particular case because they wanted the kittens off the street as a condition of them donating towards their care. Well, the man um, really wasn't going for that because he would he was just too lonely.
0: The feral population of cats. um, I know there. I've talked to people who maintain that population and who, you know, just feed them and make sure that they're not suffering at least. And I'm wondering, you know, as you looking at the problem, because I understand you're thinking about policy, not just about your own practice. What, where does that stand for you? I mean, people taking care of the feral population and not necessarily being in a position to even bring them in to be spayed or neutered.
3: Well whenever you're in an argument of either side of the story or you know there's two sides to every story two sides to every coin whenever you're you find yourself in an argument ask yourself are you on the right side of the moral high ground if you are if the answer is yes for you keep going what you're doing because even though you might encourage Certain cats to repopulate because of the feeding that you're doing. You're actually your heart's in the right place, and you're feeding those cats that otherwise would be unfed, um, and they'd be prone to disease. Prone to disease and spreading disease. So, I think feeding them out of goodness of your heart is a good thing. I don't think it's enough.
0: Here's my last question. In, in terms of uh, problems across the United States in urban areas, to what degree is overpopulation of uh, feral or abandoned dogs and cats in this city a problem?
3: It's severe, and I see it every day. I'm on the front line of, of, of all this um, in, in the probably the most underserved areas in all of Los Angeles. and South L.A.? downtown Los Angeles yeah. and it's a shame I mean we have LA Live we have Staples Center and we're literally two blocks away and we're in Skid Row and it's it's not right it's just it should be embarrassing for the city um, to have this happen on a daily basis where there's animals in the street abandoned um, unkept and and it doesn't seem like uh, the, the solution is, is near
0: And you can't just blame people for saying they're the ones who shouldn't have pets if they can't afford to take care of them.
3: I don't pass judgment. That's not my job. My job is to do veterinary care. I'm a veterinarian. All I want is for every animal that comes in here to get 100% of what they need. Um, Unfortunately, that's not the case, and economics is a big part of it. Uh, But for me, ideal situation is where I don't have to prepare estimates, where I don't have to tell people how much things cost, where I just go to work and I just do my thing. Thank you, Dr. Taub. You're welcome. Thanks for stopping by. And Occupuppy.com, please. Occupuppy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll post a link to that on our website at here yes, in the it's city.
3: Just, it's just a, f- a flyer and a donate button. It's okay. nothing fancy. We Great. Can't, we can't afford it.
0: For a last little coda on our show today, we bring you Jesse Lerner with a review of a show that is at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art currently and will close in just two weeks. It's called
1: Children of the Plumed Serpent, the legacy of Quetzalcoatl in ancient Mexico. The show explores the origins of the worship of the feathered serpent about a thousand years ago in places like Tula, just 100 kilometers north of present-day Mexico City, and Chichen Itza, where the god went by the name of Cuculcán. Tula, according to legend, was founded and ruled by Quetzalcoatl. The city was burned to the ground in the 12th century, but the cult of the feathered serpent survived in places like Cholula, near modern-day Puebla, and further south, in the Confederacy of Zapotec and Mixtec kingdoms of Oaxaca. The exhibition emphasizes the role of commerce in these societies, the extensive trade networks based on the sale and exchange of luxury goods and lavish tribute items, some of which are on display here. The show is filled with stunning objects, a pair of delicate turquoise mosaics, gold from Monte Alban's famous tomb number seven, exquisite ceramics, and a fragment of a Monumento Atlantis from Tula. But perhaps most breathtaking of all the gorgeous objects on display here are two codices the Nuttall, a folding Mixtec manuscript painted on deerskin, here on loan from the British Museum, and the Selden Codex, on loan from Oxford University. The Nuttall Codex chronicles royal genealogies and the exploits of the Mixtec ruler called Lord Eight Deer with brilliantly painted scenes. This is the first time this codex has been in the Americas since it was taken to Spain probably in the 16th century. Like last year's Contested Visions exhibition, also at LACMA, this is a rare opportunity to see these exquisite painted manuscripts. The exhibition ends with a gallery that suggests some of the enduring relevance of the Feathered Serpent in post-conquest Mexico. This show is too good to be missed. Be sure you get a chance to visit. For Here in the City, this is Jesse Lerner.
0: And a special thank you to all of the listeners who contributed to KPFK's fun drive. It was a success, and it's people like you who make non-commercial independent radio a real possibility. Peace.